You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Or just go to their website at TicketKing.com. Again, that's the TicketKing.com. Talking Pack. Chicago Bears, players and fans alike, really, truly believe Sunday's season opener with the Green Bay Packers would mark the dawning of a new day. The big bad man in the number 12 jersey is gone, they said. And this will be our day to take hold of a rivalry that's largely avoided our grasp for much of the past 30 years. The day ended with the Packers' backup quarterback finishing them off instead. The song remains the same. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Lemp's Talk and Pack. I'm your host, Chris Lempesis, coming to you once again from my basement Packer room. And my home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here to break down Green Bay, same as it ever was. 38-20 win over the Bears at Soldier Field in Chicago. A game played before the nation as Fox's America's Game of the Week. <laughs> That's right, Bears fans. You didn't find the weakness in this Death Star. We crushed your little rebellion and blew up your planet before moving on yet again. (laughs) Oh, man. You guys, I wanted this one so bad. I've been saying that on the show here for the last few weeks, if you've been listening. I know it's just week one, but man, they talk so much shit all summer. Crazy shit. All, All summer, all August. And I just, I I wanted so badly to go down there and make a statement right away. And let me tell you, statement made. I'm going to overreact here. You know, they say don't overreact to week one. I don't give, I don't care. We're, we are overreacting here tonight on the show. We're going to do it. Let's overreact, baby. Let's go nuts. (laughs) If you follow me on Twitter, you know, I was sharing some of the receipts. I said, I kept the receipts. Uh, on Bears fans who had been talking trash lately after the game was over, which was, I gotta tell you, it was even better than I hoped it would be. It was, it was marvelous, frankly, to do that. The only thing I screwed up on is I used all my ammo on Twitter. I should have saved a few of those for the show. I might have one or two left, though. I'll look maybe at some point here during the proceedings tonight. The Packers open the season 1-0. and No, I'm not going to do the NFC North standings after week one. That's ridiculous, but they won. So I'm going to mention that as much as possible because it's great. <laughs> right? The Detroit Lions beat the Chiefs 21-20 on Thursday night. And the Minnesota Vikings lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Minneapolis on Sunday by 20-17 to count. Chris, you just gave us the standings. You said you weren't going to do that. Okay, you're right. Really, that was just an excuse for me to laugh at the Vikings because <laughs> I wanted to do that because they lost. I mean, come on, you know, beating, hey, beating, not, you can't just, not just anybody beats make Baker Mayfield in their home stadium. You know, you got to be like the 96 Packers to beat Baker Mayfield in your home stadium. He's just too good on the road. You can't, you can't let Baker Mayfield come into your house. <laughs> they lost to the Bucks. Oh, that's hilarious. So yeah, if you can't tell already, tonight's going to be fun. We're going to let it rip here just a little bit, maybe even a lot bit. I've got a gigantic can of Bud Light. I don't even know, is this a 24-ounce or a 16-ounce? I looked, it doesn't say. It's big. It's a lot of Bud Light. So yeah, we're going to have some fun here. I'm ready to go. Before we get into the fun, I have to do the shameless self-promotion, which I know you love or at the very least tolerate Twitter. Lamps MKE at It's Just Chris Now was live tweeting throughout the game today. It was a lot of fun. Give me a follow there on Twitter, X, whatever the hell it's called now. It'll always be Twitter to me because I'll be, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not even going to lie and say, oh, I'm going to scale back on the in-game tweets. I just let it rip. I'm just, I can't hold back. You know, come on. 
So give me a follow there, LemsMKE at It's Just Chris Now. Facebook, Old Bag of Donuts, OL Bag of Donuts. I'm on Instagram, search for Lamps Talk and Pack and look for the logo, that damn green donut <laughs> that I know you all love so much. Having some fun on Instagram. Um, the email, Old Bag of Donuts, OL Bag of Donuts. Once again, OL Bag of Donuts at gmail.com. For anyone listening on the wonderful Packers Talk iTunes page, leave a rating, five stars. Me like you those the most. Four stars are good too. A comment, especially if it's positive, would be extremely welcomed. We got a review the other day. I believe it was a five-star review on iTunes. That was awesome. Thank you to the person who sent that. Um, we're on Spotify. You can find us by searching for Packers Talk and looking for our logo, which is the head of the Vince Lombardi statue, which sits outside Lambeau Field. I'm sure Vince was... Uh, Enjoying what he saw today. He's probably talking some shit to Papa Bear up there in the great beyond. And uh, if you if you use Spotify, at the top, there's a little box with a star. You can click on it to rate our shows. Five stars again are the best. Four stars. We got like three ratings last week. We hadn't had one in a while. We got three. And I'm pretty sure they were all five star. At worst, it was two fives and a four. But thank you to the people who sent those. Keep doing that on Spotify. That helps get our show, I don't know the, I don't know algorithms and any of that shit, but I think it helps get our show into like a more favorable position on Spotify for people who don't listen to then, who they can then find us and be like, oh, what are these guys about? And then they check us out. Then they love us. So do that. Uh, we're on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us there as well. If you listen on a platform I don't mention, as always, let me know. I'd love to know what it is and just subscribe. Guys, we got five shows. Right? I'm the leadoff hitter. I come in on Mondays. And you got the Packers Therapy guys. They're legends. The Cheesehead Radio people. I would say they're legends as well. Al and CD and Kelly. And I'm not just saying that because Al and CD run the site. <laughs> no, they they are. The three of them. I, I was, They've been doing that show long enough. I'd say they've reached legendary status. They're awesome. No Huddle Radio is on Fridays. Right? They end the week. And then in there you got Packers Weekly, which is our brand new show. I didn't know if that was the name last week. Turns out I did get it right. So five shows for free. Where are you going to get a better deal than that in, in, in today's world? Nowhere. Mash down on that subscribe button mindlessly. We deliver the shit right to your phone. You wake up, we're there. You don't got to search for it. And we don't tell anybody what's on your phone. Our lips are sealed. Okay, now that we done got all that out the way, let's go. Let's dive right in. Let's talk about this Packers. <laughs> One of the most satisfying regular season dubs in recent memory, if I do say so myself. You know, you want to convey how satisfied you are, but you also want to tell the haters to suck it. You want to stick it to them with that dub, so that's why you say it like that. You string the dub out. And if you need to, if you're a little older like me, you can take a pause in the middle for a breath. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. Hell yeah. Now, normally in this spot, I would begin by giving you my thoughts on the team. Offense, defense, special teams, coaching, all that jazz. But, we're going to do it a little differently this week. This week, the show will pretty much entirely be built around your questions and thoughts. And then I'm going to give my takes, add my insight, if you will. Maybe drive the car onto some side streets here and there. And by maybe, I mean probably... We'll take the long way home, as Super Tramp once said. I'm not going to sing it. I'll save you that, even though I have a beautiful singing voice. Now, long-time listeners are probably saying, hey, wait a minute, Chris, this sounds a little familiar. This sounds like the format you use for your listener appreciation show, which comes in the last week of the regular season. And admittedly, it sort of is. It is. <laughs> and here's why. One, I'm lazy. No, kidding. Um, really, here's the reason. First of all, there were a ton of questions and comments tonight more than usual, even, I would say. So this seemed more appropriate, you know? But here's the real reason, the main reason. So last season sucked, right? It was real. It was a real slog, man. A bummer, a drag. But you guys and gals kept coming back every week on the ride with me, you know? We did that together last season. We made it through together, and I really appreciate all of you for that. I really do. Really do appreciate you for that, you know? And we heard all the crap all off season and during the summer. Oh, Jordan Love's going to suck. You're never going to have three of these guys in a row. Welcome back to the 70s and 80s, cheeseheads. 
So now, as we begin our new era, the Jordan Love era, with such a joyous win, I want to share the fun from today together. I want us to begin this era together. You know? And most and most importantly, I really want to capture the emotion of the damn thing. The emotion of tonight, of this moment. You know what I mean? I'm only one man. Even if I am a badass MF, I can only do so much. So I, I feel like we can really accomplish the goal by doing this together. Now, this isn't going to be the format going forward, at least not until the very end of the regular season when I do the Listener Appreciation Show again. And in fact, to be honest, as we move forward, programming note, I'm probably going to start focusing on certain segments of people's emails and tweets and maybe not reading the entire thing. You know, for the sake of kind of, so the show isn't two hours long, you know what I mean? So next week will more closely resemble the show you've come to know and love, or at least sort of like on occasion. (laughs) But on a day like today, again, let's do this together. Why the hell not? All right, no more stalling lamps. Let's get this party started. Let's Let's go to Twitter. And what better place to start than with Justin Cornwell at Justin A. Cornwell, longtime friend of the show. He's been listening since the Podbean days. He's one of the Podbean hardcores. That's where I was the first year of the show when I had like 150 listeners a show. Justin was one of them, and I've always appreciated you for that, so let's have you kick this off. Justin writes, I feel pretty confident LaFleur will still be playing his starters in the preseason the rest of his career. There will likely still be some bumps along the way, but it's hard not to be thrilled with all three phases. And for a Packers fan in Chicagoland, it's just a perfect day. You guys in Chicagoland are going to be able to talk so much shit tomorrow. Oh, I kind of, I I envy you guys. Because you guys are really going to get to, like, I'm here in Milwaukee. We get to do a little bit. Because even in Milwaukee, if you if you live here or have lived here, you know, the Chicago people here treat this like it's just an extremely northern suburb of Chicago, which pisses me off to no end. Quick side street. So back in 2011, my now wife and I went to uh, the Pearl Jam 20, PJ 20 for Pearl Jam, the anniversary shows they did at Alpine Valley. We went to the second night and we had seats on the hill. This is right after the Packers had won the Super Bowl. They were going into the season as defending champs. And we're sitting on the hill and these people from Chicago come and sit in front of us. This guy's got a Cubs hat on. And he goes, yeah, I guess we'll sit near these cheese heads. These Packers fans. And I was, and I look at him and I go, bro, what state do you think you're in? <laughs> and he kind of laughed. But I think he was kind of annoyed by it. But you know what I mean? I'm like, this ain't, this isn't like a suburb of Chicago. Man. This is Wisconsin. You're in Wisconsin. You're the outsider here, not me. <laughs> so... People, like, we'll get to talk some shit. Because if you live in Milwaukee, you inevitably know a Bears fan. Either you work with one or you're friends with one or whatever. Family friends. So we'll get to talk some shit. But you guys in Chicagoland will really get to to stick the dagger tomorrow. So that'll be fun. But back to your tweet. Um, One thing you talked about is really true. It's hard not to be thrilled with all three phases. That, to me, other than the Jordan Love stuff, which we'll get to in a little bit. That, to me, is the biggest takeaway from today complimentary football is the word of the day for this one. All three phases complemented each other beautifully, I thought, you know? The defense, right? First half, for, for, let's start right off, right off right the bat. The defense sets the tone, forcing the turnover on down, stopping fields on the fourth and short, right? Offense then takes the baton, goes on the field, touchdown, 7 nothing. One unit complementing the other. And that's just one example. We saw that all throughout the day, you know. First half, offense and defense not playing, or um, offense not playing so well, but defense playing pretty well. Here come the special teams. Near the end of the first half, Jaden Reed with the really nice punt return. And how about Jaden Reed? We already had an explosive kick returner in Kayshawn Nixon. I think we got an explosive punt returner now, too, in in Jaden Reed. So the return game, this is the strongest it's looked for Green Bay. And I Maybe ever for me. <laughs> but Reed, right? Nice punt return. He had a couple of those today, but a really nice punt return. Gets the Packers near midfield. Offense takes the baton from the special teams. Gets into field goal range. Special teams takes it back. Carlson ends the half. 52-yard field goal. Absolutely nailed it. 10-6. And you saw that all throughout the day today. 
You know, all throughout the game, you saw it. Offense picking up the defense, right? Bears get that touchdown near the end of the third quarter, 24-14. The building is starting to come back to life. Here comes the offense. They go right down the field, get a touchdown, get the score back up to 17, get the uh, the lead back up to 17. So the sides complimenting each other, picking each other up when they were down. Beautiful. This was a real team win today, I thought. I think that's the biggest takeaway for me. This was a real team win. Again, other than the Jordan Love stuff, which we'll get to. So thank you for that, Justin. Our next comment, our question comes from my former Old Bag of Donuts podcast co-host, my bestest friend in the world, Adam Summers, Brew Crewer on Twitter, at asummers underscore time. He writes, I came here to comment on the emergence of Wyatt, but let's pause on that. The Bears still suck. Seriously. This win was awesome in so many levels. When was the last time you've been this satisfied with a regular season dub? I, You know, buddy, I tell you, it's been a long time. This is way more satisfying than any of the wins last season. Even the win over the Vikings on New Year's Day or the win over the Dolphins on Christmas Day. This is way, to me, this is way more satisfying. Yeah. Because, again, the Bears fans just talked so much shit. They were really convinced that like they were gonna they were gonna turn the tables on us. And again, not just Bears fans, but NFL fans at large, I think, all kind of thought, oh, here it comes. The Packers are about to get exposed. 12's not there anymore now. So to go down to Chicago and win by, you know, 18, I mean, that was a that was a decisive, that was a blowout win, in my opinion. To win by 18 on the road, that's a blowout. To do that, it's been a long time. I can't even remember the last time I was dissatisfied by a regular season win. It's been a long time. Uh, I want to talk about Wyatt quick because you mentioned him. Um, He was fantastic today. You know, if you listen to the preview show, which I hope you did, my season preview show that I did a few days ago, um, I talked about Wyatt and how I was really impressed with how he closed last season. The last four, five, six weeks, he was really starting to emerge. And I said, I really believed he was going to take a big leap into year two and become a really, really, really good uh, running mate for Kenny on the defensive line. And what does he do today, you know? A sack and a half, two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits, a fumble forced. He was all over the place. He was he was a monster in this one, you know? I really... I think by the end of the season, he... I mean, I think, you know, he showed towards the end of last season why he was a first-round pick, and he's really going to show it now. And I think he's going to become... I think he's going to become a, a, poor, a Pro Bowl type guy. Yeah. A poor, a poor bowl, <laughs> a pro bowl type guy by the, by, uh, eventually in his career. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for that, buddy. Our next one comes from Javier Cabrera at Ja Cabrera 24. He writes, not perfect at times, but this young Packers squad found a way to win. They dominated with 28 points in the second half. Great start to the season and a lot to build off of from this impressive win. Go Pack Go. Yeah, absolutely, Javier. It was definitely not perfect at times. That first half was not particularly pretty to watch, <laughs> right? I mean, I said on Twitter at the half, I said, not the best first half I've ever seen, but they're ahead, so I'll take it. The second half, you touched, they dominated. You're right. I think that's so important that they did that because this is a young team. Remember, this is now, I believe, the youngest team in the NFL, right, in terms of average age. They're at worst top three, but I'm pretty sure they're number one in terms of youngest average age. So for a team this young, you know, game one, you don't have a great first half. It would be easy for a young team like that to kind of hang their heads, come out, and the second half isn't much better, and it's just kind of a lost week. But this team didn't do that. This team came out of the half with their hair on fire. I mean, they were out for blood in that second half. Like you said, 28 points. I mean, they were, and the defense was fantastic, forcing two turnovers. Everybody, especially teams, everybody was great in the second half. You know, that really tells me a lot about this team. That they might be young, but they were not satisfied at all with just holding the lead in the first half. They wanted to make a statement in that second half. And they did just that. So that's really impressive. I think that's what you really can build off of from this win, among other things. So thank you for that, Javier. Our next one comes from Philip Voss at P underscore Voss. He writes, Wyatt looks like a monster. Gary looks 
to have not lost a step. Savage was being used well, close to the line. Offense, while choppy in spots, as expected, was pretty good. Fingers crossed for 33's availability, as he is clearly the engine that makes this offense work. And then he added a gif of SpongeBob doing a victory screech, which I like. Thank you for that, Philip. Um, yeah, Wyatt, you're right. Talk to, he really does. I really think he's gonna he's gonna eventually become a Pro Bowl level player along with Kenny Clark. Yeah, this is no longer Kenny and the Clarkettes. I keep saying that, you know, on the defensive line today. Brooks had a sack. You noticed Wooden at times. The the two rookies, you noticed those guys today. Slayton, you know, all, all five of those main guys on the defensive line, you noticed today at times. No longer Kenny and the Clarkettes. And I'll tell you, I'll just keep saying it, Carl Brooks, I don't know how he was there on day three of the draft, but thank God he was. Because I think the Packers got a real player. That was a heist getting him where they got him. Fifth, sixth round? That was a heist getting him that late in the draft. Yeah, he's going to become a really productive player for them. And I think fairly quickly, too. Gary, you know, Gary's just a freak. Like, he really is, man. <laughs> to, to, to have blown his knee out in November, and like you said, he didn't look like, he didn't look any different. Now, he was on a bit of a pitch count, but when he was in there, he, he didn't look any different. I suspect the pitch count will end shortly. Yeah, and Gary will be back out there being a full-time Havoc wreaker. Absolutely. Savage, you know, it's so funny. I just said on the preview show, season preview, which again, I recommend you check out, that I was finally out on Savage. I I said I stayed in as long as I could and I'm just out on him. And of course, as soon as I say that, team high, 10 tackles, one tackle for loss. Thought he looked good in coverage, looked very, very sure of himself. He just looked good. Maybe they found the right role for him. Like you said, he was closer to the line today. Maybe that's maybe they finally have figured out how to unlock him. That would be fantastic. Because we all know our concerns about the safety group. Which I'm sure will come up as we move on tonight. Move along tonight. But yeah, you know, offense talked about that was choppy. Yeah, and you know what? I think Jones will be okay. You know, if you caught it, he was being worked on by the trainers at one point. He was laying on his back and they had the drone above him, the Fox drone. And he was looking up at it, making goofy faces and making the funny hand gestures and stuff, so... I think he's fine. I think when he pulled up on that hand, that run grabbing the hamstring, I think Lafleur he'd probably never admit this publicly, but I think he was he felt pretty good that the outcome wasn't in doubt, that the Packers had this one in the bag. So it was like, well, let's not risk further injury today. Let's just let him rest the rest of the day. I think now I think if the Bears had come back to make a game of it, I think Jones probably would have been back out there. But Lafleur felt like we got this one. I feel pretty good about it. Let's just let him rest, which was smart. Um, Because he certainly is one of the engines that makes the offense work. I think the main one is still the offensive line, which they were outstanding today. Outstanding performance from the offensive line. But Jones is one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, they have, you know, two really big-time explosive playmakers, Jonesy and Christian Watson. And on a day like today where you don't have Watson available... Jones needed to step up even more, you know, and be even better than he usually is. And I believe he did that. What did he finish with? 11 touches, right? Nine nine carries, 41 yards, and a score. Two catches for 86 yards and a score. So 11 touches for 127 yards and two scores. Is that good? I feel like that's pretty good. You know, they needed him to step up and be even better than he usually is. And he did that. So certainly he's one of the engines, I agree, that makes this offense go. So hopefully he's okay. So thank you for that, Philip. Our next one comes from Bill Amundsen at Omaha Badger. Bill writes, pleasantly surprised today. Impressive from 10. Will be fun when 9 gets healthy. Hope Jones is okay. He changes games. Defense looked good, even great at times. Trying to temper my expectations, but this could be the start of a fun season. Go Pack Go. The Bears still suck. Can we just, the Bears still suck. Sorry, Jason Wildy, but I'm saying it. The Bears still suck. That's an old reference. Um, Yeah, let's talk about love because we really haven't yet. 15-27, 245 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 9.1 yards per attempt, Sterling, 123.2 quarterback rating. Yeah, yeah, it was outstanding, you know? I thought he was really, really good. I thought he made a number of really impressive throws in this one. Yeah, I thought starting on that first drive, 
the third and thirteen. I thought that throw to slant, uh, throw to Romeo Dobbs on the slant was really nice. And then the touchdown to Dobbs was really nice too. So that right off the jump, he was making good throws. The throw to uh, Jaden Reed at the end of the first half, the big gainer in the Chicago territory. Now Reed was wide open, but I still thought Love really zipped that one in there. I thought that was a really nice throw. You know, and then the touchdown to Dobbs on the fade was fantastic. That looked like Aaron Rodgers, didn't it? You didn't really see much difference between the two. It looked very similar. It was a great throw. Ooh, burp, got to keep it real. That is, is that the first burp? 25 minutes in? That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> Here's the play with Love. This might seem a little... This maybe isn't what you're thinking, but to me, this was the play that showed me the Packers are going to be all right. That Love is indeed the next franchise quarterback for this team and is going to be really good. It was in, hold on, this computer. It was the throw to Luke Musgrave in the fourth quarter. Love mishandles the snap, calmly picks it up, drops back, floats one downfield to a wide open Musgrave, who catches it down to the four, 37 yards in all. Quick aside on that too, Musgrave. How terrifying do you think it is to be a receiver and be that wide open and see the ball coming toward Like, I feel like if it's a contested catch, receivers don't panic or get too nervous because they don't really have time to think. But on a play like that where the ball is just hanging up there and there's nobody around you, like, how could you not just be like, oh shit, don't drop it, don't drop it, oh my god, don't drop it. But anyways, Musgrave caught it, so I digress. But that play to me covered 37 yards and all. That play to me showed that Love is going to be just fine. A lot of young quarterbacks in that spot, that could be a recipe for disaster. They mishandle the snap. They try to pick it up. Maybe they boot it or they panic and they just like fall on it or they pick it up and, you know, try to make some crazy play happen and they get picked off or they try to run and they get stopped. Like there's any number of recipes for disaster off of a mishandled snap like that in that spot on the field. But Love calmly, you know, and I always talk about his poise and his demeanor. It's so excellent. You know, he's so poised and he really showed on his play. Calmly picked it up, dropped back, set his feet, floated one perfectly to Musgrave for the big completion. Just watching that, I go, I just said to my wife, I'm like, we're going to be fine. Like, this kid's got it. I don't know if you any of you thought that on that play, but I know I certainly did. I just thought he was, I thought he was really, you know, I thought he was overall really great. And like you said, you know, it's going to be even better once Watson comes back. They really kind of had to, I mean, they tacked downfield a little bit, but they, I think they had to temper it. You know, I think they had to, to, to they couldn't go downfield like they wanted to because Watson wasn't in there. I mean, we saw last year what he brings to the table, how defenses, you know, when he's not in there, defenses can get pretty cocky and pretty arrogant how they attack Green, how they sit up on stuff. But when Watson's not in there, or when Watson is in there, they have to be much more honest. He forces them to be honest and he opens everything up. So imagine what this is going to look like when he's in there. You're right. It's going to be, and Jones is in there, and Musgrave, it's going to be fun. You know, it's going to be really fun. You're right. This could be the start of a fun season. I think it's going to be. I said 11-6, and six, and they'd win the division. I stand by that. This is going to be a fun team. It's not always going to be perfect, but there's going to be. it's going to be a fun team. Our next one comes from Andrew at Andrew underscore, is it Savay? Savvy? I know he's one of the few, he's he's one of my fellow Packer gophers on uh, Twitter. There aren't a ton of us, but. Andrew writes, need to figure out that backup running back, especially if we were going to lean on 33. Dylan isn't it. Yeah, here we go. Need to figure out that backup running back, especially if we're going to lean on 33. Dylan isn't it. Needs someone more versatile. Well, I'm not going to say, I can't go quite that far, Andrew, just because I did say on the preview show, I think Dylan's going to bounce, was going to bounce back and have a, a pretty solid, a, a, a nice season in a contract year. I still believe that. Here's the thing. I don't like how they use him. You know? I don't. Especially in that first half, there was so much east-west running with him. Which is by design, you know, the play design. What is that? What is that shit? He is not an east-west runner. He is north-south. Get ball, see hold, hit hole, wreak havoc. That's A.J. Dillon. 
they got him running east-west. They've got him still too much running out of the shotgun. I was hoping that they had fixed that. He needs to get the ball. He needs to have a little bit of a head of steam before he gets the ball with love under center, a more traditional, you know, more traditional running sets. It's square peg round hole with the way they're using Dylan, you know? So, and then like once Jones got hurt, right? Think about when Jones got hurt. They were throwing screens to him. I was like, why are you throwing screens to A.J. Dillon? I would rather those go to Patrick Taylor. At least Taylor's got a little bit of, you know, he's got a little giddy up. That's not Dillon. Dillon is a short yardage guy, a power back, a goal line guy, a guy you you bring in, you know, towards the end of games when the defense is tired from chasing Jones and Watson and everybody else around all day. And in that role, Dillon can have a very nice season. But they're not using him right. I don't think LaFleur uses him properly. You know, and in the first half, there was way too much, like, trying to do 50-50 timeshare with him and Jones. What was that? Jones needs to get the ball. Look at the first Look at the first series. Five carries, 24 yards. Packers get a touchdown. Doesn't get a carry the rest of the half. Three points. The entire rest of the half. Then, Jones is a factor in the second half. Offense explodes. Matt, it's not that complicated. Jones needs to be the lead guy. And I know LaFleur said after the game they want to be conscious of not overusing him and stuff. And I understand that. But you've also got a responsibility to win the games. So sometimes you may have to use Jones more than you want. It should not be a 50-50 timeshare. But again, Dylan in that role, you know, the niche I just talked about, can be a very valuable player. They're just not using him right. Our last Twitter question, X question, comes from the X question just sounds weird, right? Our last Twitter question comes from Brad Artman at Brad Artman. He writes, While I feel we certainly weren't perfect at times, I am excited to see how this young group develops within the Matt LaFleur system. It is still a major head-scratcher for me why Matt LaFleur seems to ignore Jones for long stretches. I hope it's all part of his master plan. Well, I, as I just talked about, I believe it is, Brad. He, he said himself after the game, you know, they want to be conscious of how they use Jones and they don't want to overuse him. You know, and this isn't LaFleur, this is me saying this. You know, he's been in the league, what, seven years now? Six, seven years? You know, he's in his late 20s. They've never used him a ton. So, he, you know, he still has a fair amount of tread left on the tires, but he is a little bit of an older player. So, I understand wanting to, to not overuse him, but it's the fact that they, like completely ignore him for long stretches like sprinkle him in a little bit here and there i you know i i get kind of what lafleur is saying but i still think you shouldn't be ignoring him for so long you know he shouldn't go a quarter and a half without a touch that's absurd that is baffling to me so i don't get it but yeah i agree with him. i'm excited to see how this group develops i mean look at reed you know talked about him as a return man Two catches for 48 yards today. Musgrave, three for 50, including the long one. Dobbs. Dobbs had the two touchdown catches. Probably the most impressive four-catch, 26-yard day you'll ever see from a receiver. I thought Dobbs was saying, Toure, you noticed. I mean, all these guys. And wait until and wait until Watson re-enters the mix. It's going to be really fun. I agree with you, Brad. Absolutely. So, all right, those are... The Twitter questions. Let's go to the emails now. Hold on. Pull these up on my phone. All right. Our first one comes from Philip. Philip writes, Lamps, what a start for love. He stood tall in all the tough situations and took care of the ball. The O-line kept him very clean. This team seems to have some discipline issues. Not sure if they're just young or if the rivalry made it worse. I'm guessing by this point your podcast, we don't even have to discuss Rudy Ford. One of my favorite games to watch in a long time. Go, Pat, go. That's a great email, Phil. That's the perfect length email. You got some good points in there. I really, that was a great, that, that's good. That's, I think, the link we want to kind of aim for going forward. That was good stuff. Okay. You're right. Love stood tall. You know, like I said, his poise is just so apparent. He doesn't, this kid is as cool as they come. He doesn't get rattled. Doesn't panic. Things weren't going well in the first half, but he stayed the course. He knew the plays were going to come in the second half, and they did in abundance. You know? And I just keep saying it. Wait till Watson gets back. In the O-line, yeah, talk about they were outstanding. 
I guess Bakhtiari just doesn't need to practice, huh? <laughs> Didn't he say he wore an Allen Iverson shirt to kind of the joke practice? Yeah, maybe he doesn't because he was the whole offensive line was outstanding today, really, for the most part. Um, yeah, the discipline issues. There were a lot of dumb penalties, a lot of personal foul stuff. Some of it I thought was was a little unwarranted from the refs, but some of it was there. They definitely. You know, there was a little bit, it was a little undisciplined, a little sloppy at times. I would agree. I think, you know, I think their youth is a big, I think you, you nailed it. The youth is a big part of that. And I also think they just wanted this one bad. I think this team wanted to show everybody, you guys think all of our success was due to 12. You're dead wrong. So I think they came out with a lot of fire today. And I think maybe it, you know, got a little too hot at times. Um, we haven't talked about Rudy Ford yet, but we can do that now. He was bad. <laughs> Rudy Ford was not good. <laughs> Rudy Ford is not going to be good. He's a special teams player and a guy who you can occasionally throw out there has like a third safety. He had one great game against Dallas and it's been all downhill ever since and it was more of that today. They've got to figure out some way to... Because Savage, like I just said a little while ago, Savage was pretty good. They've got to find somebody who can play next to Savage. Because it's not Ford. So I guess you try Jonathan Owens next, but I, I suspect it's not going to be him either. Got to figure out some way to get somebody in there who can just be decent for the rest of the season until they take Minnesota's Tyler Newbin in the draft next spring. <laughs> yep, one of my favorite games to watch in a while too, agree with you, Philip. Thank you. All right, our next one comes from Nick. Okay, Nick writes, Lamps, hope all is well in Milwaukee and you and yours are having a great football Sunday. I was more nervous going into this game than I have been for a game in a while. I appreciated and agreed with your last episode about expectations and this young team meeting time. Today was a great first step. It started with the Love TD, which was a great toss. I was more worried watching Myers get beat that first quarter. But after half, it was fucking on, bro, Cephas. <laughs> they made the adjustments and our young team responded. Being the youngest roster in the league, I don't see how you don't view this as a young squad growing with some occasional growing pains, but F you, Chicago. Jair could tone down the trash and get the play a bit, get the play in a bit more. He's so good at technique, there's no reason to choose until you have made them realize it's over. Hold on, I'm adjusting my glasses here. Uh, they played great. Van Ness will be a stud, helped end the Chicago momentum in the second. Quay is a stud, as we have said before. And that INT was a rumbling beauty that a nasty defense needs, especially its leader. Devontae Wyatt with his sack just flashed that first-round potential. Overall, this is the Lafleur plan, and it worked perfectly today. Encouraging, to say the least. If this team can build and stack success, we have reloaded, not rebuilt. You should have beat Eastern Michigan by 50. <laughs> Thanks again for your show. If you ever need help, I hope you mentioned it. Peace from Cordion, Indiana. Go Pack, go Nick. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, you're right. We probably should have, the Gophers probably should have beat Eastern Michigan by like 50. They left a lot of plays on the table. But Taylor, I'll tell you what, I think we got a pretty good young running back. I think he's going to be a stud. He and Kalikmanis, my fellow Greek at quarterback, they got something going there. But anyways, back to the pack. Um, A lot of great stuff here in your email. A lot to unpack, which I always appreciate. Let's talk about Van Ness. That was fantastic. That, to me, was a real... Again, talking about complimentary football, that was a real key moment in this football game in hindsight, right? Packers are up 7-3. Bears are on the move. They're, uh, they're first in goal. Now we get to second in goal. Fields tries for the rollout, play act, the play-action rollout, but Van Ness didn't bite. He didn't bite on the fake. Close, fast, wrapped him up and whipped him out of bounds for measure for his first career sack. I'll tell you, Van Ness, he's a freak. He's going to be a freak like Gary. I, I really believe that. I really, I love that pick when they made it. You know, you could see on that play why they took him 13th overall, even though he was never a full-time starter at Iowa. He was outstanding. There just aren't many guys on earth that big, that strong, that tall, that can close that fast. I think he caught even fields by surprise. By how quickly he closed on him on that. But that was a huge play. And then Razul Douglas with the excellent pass breakup on third goal. Got his hand out there. Didn't commit pass interference. Knocked the ball away. I thought he was really good today. 
That forced the Bears to settle for a field goal. So instead of the Bears being up 10-7, Packers up 7-6. They kept the lead. They kept that momentum. You know? They were hanging on by a thread as far as the momentum, but they were hanging on to it. That was great. That was really important. Um, Yeah, the Quay Walker pick. I mean, that was beautiful, huh? And how about him breaking tackles and (laughs) making guys miss? He's juking guys out, running to the end zone. Kind of wish he would have just gone out of bounds instead of going for that touchdown because that's when he got popped by Wright, and I think he suffered a concussion, unfortunately. He was being evaluated for one, I should say. But I thought Quay was really good. Yeah, I know you and I were emailing about that recently, Nick. We both think Quay, and I said it on the preview show, I think Quay is going to be... I think he's going to become a really, really good player for this defense. Just too big, too strong, too fast, too talented. Yeah, keeps his head on straight. He can be as good as he wants. I totally agree with that. I think Quay is going to be awesome. So yeah, this was fun. And shout out to you and yours there in Indiana. I love knowing where you guys are from, too. You don't. You can tell me where you're from if you don't. That's awesome. I love knowing where all you guys are writing in from. All right, our next one comes from... We moved to the Kyle portion of the show. We've made it to the Kyles. I haven't heard from you guys all offseason. Right? I think I heard from you a couple times, but we're back. Okay, Kyle Turpenning, who refuses to get Twitter. God bless you, Kyle. He writes, I'm sorry this may be a long email, but first things first. It's good to have the Packers football back. Hope everyone had a great summer. What's up, Kyle? <laughs> Anyways, I'm going into the season not having high expectations. Not because I believe they will be bad, but because I really don't know what this team is going to be. So I'm going into every game just wanting to see the young guys grow, especially Love. And boy, did he not disappoint today. He made some damn good throws and really did not let the game get to him or any pass rush. The long ball still needs some work, but I can see him improving that soon. Like that long pass to Musgrave, that was beautiful. So were the passes to Dobbs in the end zone. Overall, the offense was about what I expected. They showed that they have a lot of potential, but will need time to bring it all together on a consistent basis. My biggest complaint was where the hell did Jones go in the first half? The defense was pretty good too. That pass rush was lethal. The defense also had some bad moments, but hopefully they'll get a handle on that. And we may have two return studs, Nixon and Reed. And to top it all off, number one in the division, baby, by virtue of beating a division opponent. Why do you think we didn't play Jones for most of the first half? The only thing I can think of is that Matt LaFleur was saving him for the second half since the offense and defense was holding the lead and their own holding the lead and their own in the first half and wanted to bring in a fresh body after the Bears were exhausted. 1-0, baby, and the pack is back. Go, pack, go. And then he said, oh, and one more thing. I kept receipts as well, and I am cashing in. That's good. I think, I hope we all kept receipts. I mean, the Bears certainly put enough receipts out there, Bears fans, for all of us. Not even Bears fans, Bears players. They all put the receipts out there for us to pick up. I think we all scooped them up. So good for you on that, Kyle. A lot to get to in your email. Um, Yeah, you're right. The long ball was a little bit of a work in progress from Love. He overshot some guys, was a little off. You know, I talked about this on the, um, after the final preseason game, I believe it was. That's just going to be something, like you said, too. It's going to, and I said it, that's going to come with time. It's just going to, he's going to need more reps and more reps in actual game situations with the deep ball before he figures out where he needs to place it with which guy and how much he needs to put on it for each guy and put a little more on this guy, a little less on that guy. You know what I'm saying? It's going to, it's going to be a work in progress, but I, I think they're going to get there. I mean, he wasn't that far off on, on, on the deep balls that he missed today. Those were pretty close, I would say, so. It's going to get there. And you're right about the throw to Musgrave. Like I said, that's the throw that showed me the Packers got their guy. Um, I talked about a lot about this. You know, the Jones thing. Yeah, I think that's... I think they were saving for the second half. Again, I'll just keep saying it. I think Lafleur wants to keep him... They, they don't want to overuse him because he is a bit of a smaller back. You know, he's more susceptible to get kind of beat up. Um, And he has... You know, he's a little bit of an older player... For a running back, for a running back nowadays, a lot bit of an older player, 29. So I think it's all about, you know, conservation for him, which again, I understand, but I don't think there should be these long stretches. Even if you're just sprinkling him in here and there, that would still be better than not using him at all for a quarter and a half. You know what I'm saying? A little bit of Jones is better than nothing. So yeah, and I know everybody else was mad about that on Twitter too. Everybody was complaining, so... But LaFleur figured it out in the second half. And again, as soon as he got the ball in Jones' hands, he's just too electric. 
you know, he's too electric, too fat. That's that little option route where he circled in on the fourth down. First of all, what a gutsy call by Matt LaFleur that was. That was balls to go for it there. I was yelling, take the points, kick it. But he went for it. And that was a beautiful play call. Jones was wide open, beat the running back and took it to the house. So that's the play he hurt his hamstring on too. But yeah, yeah, it's just too good. Yeah, awesome. So thank you for that, Kyle. We go to, let's go to the other Kyle. From one Kyle to the next, because Kyle said, what up? Now we go to Kyle, who had Twitter, got rid of it, got it back, got rid of it again, and now I think he just has Instagram. (laughs) He writes, hey, Chris. Today's win, he titles his email, same old bears. Hey, Chris, today's win was made all the more special by the fact that I got to share it with my baby daughter, her first game, who watched most of it with me and my dad between naps. Great start to being a Packers fan. Can we pause? Let's pause. Congratulations, Kyle. Congratulations to you and Mrs. Kyle on the birth of your baby. That is fantastic. What a first game for her to watch, even though I'm sure she doesn't remember any of it. That's outstanding. Congratulations. We continue now. I was concerned about how invested Bakhtiari would be in this team, given how the offseason went. But watching him on the sideline with love, along with his regular stellar play, has me looking foolish. Even if he's not invested, he's still a pro's pro, and I appreciate that. Does it really feel like this team really likes Jordan Love? Like, really rallying around him? It's refreshing. Overall, this team is exciting. They seem excited, and it makes me excited. It's so good to see. The season will have its inevitable ups and downs, but it feels like quite some time since it's felt this fun. Go, Pat, go. A couple of great points here in your email. Um... The Bakhtiari thing. I am not going to lie. I, I agree with you on that. I felt that way with Bakhtiari. I was kind of worried. He seemed a little... Not checked out, but a little bit just like... You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know how to describe it. But just like like a senior in a class full of freshmen. Which I guess is what he is. But I, I just I worried that he was going to be like, Oh, this is all stupid. Like, this this is all... Why am I here? This isn't where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be with a team that's competing for a championship, not a young team kind of starting over, so to speak. And I wondered how mental... I guess I did agree how... I wondered how mentally invested he would be. But, yeah, I don't think that's... He was having fun today. Here's the thing. I'm not going to say Bakhtiari wasn't invested, but that senior in a class full of freshman vibe, I think very much was there. But I think what's going to happen, and you're starting to see it already happening with him kind of, you know, mocking the Bears at the end of the game in that fourth quarter. I think that he's starting to see, oh, these freshmen actually are kind of fun. And then I think what's going to happen is he's going to find himself having fun with these kids. And like, yeah, maybe this wasn't where I thought I'd be at this point in my career. But you know what? This is actually pretty damn fun. I keep talking about on the show this infectious energy from all the youth on the team. And I think it's going to get to Bakhtiari. I think it already is. And I think he's really going to be fully, fully invested in having fun, in addition to just being a kick-ass left tackle, which he he still clearly is. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. It does feel like the team loves, that, that they really like Jordan Love. You can just sense it. They want to play hard for him. They like him. Here's the thing. There's a commonality with love in these guys. They're all about the same age. That stuff matters. I really, I think some people think it's corny, but I really think it matters, especially in football. There's a, there's a commonality of experience. You know, these guys are all about the same age. You know, they, they understand the same music and movies and TV shows and, and chicks that they like or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that matters. And I feel like there was a real disconnect last year with Rodgers being older and then all these other guys on the team. And I think it happened with Favre towards the end, too. You know, or Matt Stafford's wife talked about it on a recent... I don't know if he talked about it on her pod. I don't know why his wife has a podcast. I guess everybody does now. But (laughs) she talked about either him saying or he said it on her show that he was having a hard time connecting with the younger guys on the Rams. Well, Stafford was drafted in 09. You know, he's 14 years older than some of these guys. What the hell do they know about 
What does he know about what they listen to? Or what they know about what he listens to? Or what he likes? Or what he likes to do for hobbies? Or any of that stuff. That's a disconnect. And I think that hurts a locker room. And I think these guys really like Jordan Love. And they really are rallying around him. They want to play their asses off for him. You saw Gary at the end of the game. He was over there yelling. Stop disrespecting my guy or whatever it was. I don't remember what he was yelling exactly. But he was saying, like, love is the guy. He's our guy. They like him. You know? And I think he's made an investment in them, too. Look at the OTAs. If you remember, the Packers were posting pictures during OTAs of love lifting weights with these guys. With Watson and and all the younger guys. Look at Memorial Day weekend. He's going up to Door County with... With Dylan and DeGuara and Watson and all those guys. And Owens. Team bonding. Connecting. Building. Rodgers didn't do that for years and years. And I don't want to sit here and and trash Aaron Rodgers. That's not my goal here. But, you know, the reality is he's made an effort to connect with these guys. And they've respected that. And they in tune are rallying around him. And again, the commonality of all being about the same age. I think is very important. So, yeah, it is very refreshing. It's, yeah. Yeah, team and quarterback together. You know, and a team's energy, I said this throughout the show last year, too. A team feeds off the energy of its quarterback. And Rodgers' energy, last for a guy who talks so much about energy and chakras and all that shit, Rodgers' energy sucked last year. And it really, I think, dragged the team down. You know? This energy with love is fun and infectious and they like him and he it's awesome. It's so much fun. And you're right, there's going to be ups and downs, but this is a fun team. It's going to be a fun season. Strap in, everybody. So thank you for that, Kyle. Is there anything else? Yeah, no, that was good. Good stuff, Kyle. All right, our final email comes from Rich. Rich writes, still own them cubbies. Last year was easy writing these emails. Even when they were winning, there were glaring issues. And there was, of course, someone to complain about who now, with 2020 hindsight, we all know no one. Okay, I'm going to say sorry. There was, of course, someone to complain about who now, with 2020 hindsight, we all know no one, no really. <sighs> Rich, you got me a little bit confused here, buddy. All right. <laughs> no, no, 20... we all know no one really did not want to play. So now these are harder. I was willing to see this season as a developmental pause. And because of that, I was okay with living with two or three obvious holes that could be fixed next year through either a free agent or a few draft picks. Obviously, two safeties and a center. I think now giving up on the playoffs is a bit foolish. We might be able to hide slash overcome Myers and Savage. But whether it is by trade or snatching someone from some other team's practice squad, we need to find a safety. Ford could single-handedly keep Green Bay out of this year's playoffs. Wasn't that fun? It was fun because all the players were having fun and it showed. All right. Again, yeah, agree. This team was having fun. You could see it. Everybody was energized. Offense, defense, special teams. They're all and they were all energizing each other. You know? One one group had a great series or a great drive. The other group kept it going. Or if one was down, a different unit picked them up. That that was happening in week one is a great sign. Yeah, that, that bodes well. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I mean, I, I never, I mean, I never thought this was a developmental year. I think in some respects it is, but I, I, I picked this team to make the playoffs. I think this is a good team. It's a talented team with just enough veterans in the right places. And just in and and enough talent offensively, a lot of talent offensively, and and love is ready. I think it all comes together, and I think I had this as a playoff team. I still think they are. Um, but I agree they're going to have to figure out some sort of way to get a, to get a second safety in there, unless they give Owens a shot and he's maybe can do it. I don't think he's anything particularly special, unfortunately. But yeah, it may it may require them making a trade at some point if they want to make a real push. For something special, they may have to. But otherwise, I think they'll probably just roll with Savage and hope that they can get enough from that second spot via committee or something. I don't know what they're going to do. I still think they should play Anthony Johnson, the seventh rounder out of Iowa State. He's at least a plus athlete. And he's at least got maybe some upside. He's kind of a mystery box, you know? So, yeah. I uh, Yeah, so good stuff. Thank you, Rich. 
All right, so are those the emails? Those are all the emails. We move to anybody send anything on Instagram? Let's check. Nobody on Instagram. All right. We move to Facebook. I know there's a couple here on Facebook, so let's pull those up. All right. Our first one comes from my buddy Gru up there in Canada. He writes, well, that was a good start to the season, I would say. Yes, it was just the Bears, and there's some stuff to fix, but overall, I like what I saw. Finally, football is back, and the Bears still suck. Cheers from north of the border. Yeah, um... Hold on a second here. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. It was a good start to the season. Sorry. My phone was acting weird. Um, you're right. And I think that's, it was just the Bears. They're not going to be a very, that's the one thing I would say. I think we can overreact tonight and have some fun with this. But yes, the Bears are not a very good team. You know, I said on the preview, I thought they were a four to five one football team. And I stand by that. I know they signed a bunch of guys in free agency. And spent a bunch of money, but I was not really impressed with any of the moves they made. And I just, I don't think Fields has it. You know, I think if he if he did, he would have showed it by now. And I just, I don't think Fields is that guy. I think that was, that's just another QB bust for the Chicago Bears. Add him to the list. So I think you have to temper it a little bit. But I think we should still just kind of overreact, overreact a little bit too and have some fun with this one. That makes sense. And cheers to you and yours up there in Canada. I love that people write in from all over. Canada, Indiana, people write right in from overseas, and it's fantastic. It's a worldwide community. I really like that. Our last one comes from Sean, who writes, Great win today. I need your t-shirt size. I got some gear I want to send you. Ooh, gear! I like swag, stuff we all get. Send it, come on. I Yeah, I'll send it to you, Sean. Send me, I love it. I don't, like, make any money off this. I do this for free, because I love it. So if anybody has free gear or merch they want to send me, I'll, I'll take it. I'm Hey, man, I'm shameless. I'll take all that shit. <laughs> all right. So that's Twitter. Is that everything? Oh, I think, you know what? I do have one more tweet. It was a DM from uh, Kyle. Because I said, if you had any questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to say the Bears still suck, and he sent me the Bears still suck. Bah-ha-ha. So yeah, I'll read that too, Kyle. The Bears do still suck. Cheers to that. Okay, so those are, that's everything. Yes. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, email. I got one more as we close it on the hour mark here. For my other former Old Bag of Donuts podcast co-host, Gene Bostling. Gene, you get the hammer. Here we go. We don't know how this will go yet. It's one game, and the Bears, as they've been for most of the past five presidential administrations remain hot garbage. But after the circus we've been through, I'm in the mood to dream a little bit. What if this is real? What if the throws we saw, the ball placement on the touchdown to Dobbs, the darts over the middle, the off-platform creativity is the sign of things to come? What if we're pairing a young, relatively cheap QB with an aggressive defense, dynamic young weapons, and a running back who remains criminally underrated? What if? What if the next glory days of Packers football are about to start? Think about how the rest of the division must have felt today. The Lions have to deal with the idea they might have real competition. The Bears have to reckon with the fact that QB they've built around for three years might not be as good as love. And the Vikings, they didn't sign their star receiver, threw away a game they should have won, and their fans spent the rest of the afternoon dealing with the terrifying thought that their hated rival has a third straight QB who can ball. If the Bills win in a romp tomorrow night, this is a top five Packers weekend in the past decade. It's just so fresh and exciting, and I have zero interest in dealing with reality right now. It's possible the next quarterback we are looking, or it's possible the next time we are looking for a quarterback, one of the Obama totters will be old enough to run for president. Gene, you never failed. You texted me and said you were going to bring the heat. This is like 99 miles. This might even hit 100 on the gun. On a home gun, they'd give you 101 for this. On an away gun, they'd give you 99 to 100. This is hot. This is good stuff. Um, Yeah, and maybe that's what I mean by when I say overreact. Maybe I don't mean we should overreact, but I mean maybe we can dream a little bit. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. 
we can dream a little bit for one week. Because <laughs> you're right, the Bears are terrible. But why not? I mean, all this stuff you talked about is possible. It is possible. Like, we've been so kind of guarded, I think, because we've sort of been thinking about this reality, the, 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 the idea of like, how could we have three great quarterbacks in a row? No one's ever done it in league history. Teams have had two. No one's ever had three. How could we have three? It's impossible, right? That's, I think, kind of the way we were all approaching it. Even if we didn't want to admit it, we were like, you know what I mean? Heading into camp, I should say. We're thinking like, it can't be possible. But as camp went on in preseason, now I'm starting to think like, maybe this is real. Like maybe love just, and I, you know, I think it is. I think he is that guy. I think he's their next franchise quarterback. And the defense did seem more aggressive today. Again, it was the Bears, but they seemed different. The defensive line is different than it's been. The edge group is better than it's been. The safety spot is, you know, bad. But the corners played really well today. Cha was good. Douglas was good. They're going to get Stokes back eventually. If he can regain his form from his rookie year, they could really be cooking at corner. You know, and the dynamic young weapons, that I think is, that that is fair to say they are. And Jones is a, you know, criminal running back. So like, if love is what I think he'll be, if love is what I think he is, then this all seems real. Like you're saying, like, what if the next glory days are about to start? That seems entire, that seems incredibly possible and not even possible, but probable that, that that's going to happen. It's crazy. And you're right. The rest of the division, I'm sure they were all shitting themselves. Because Lions fans, I think, are really buying the hype and thinking like, we're going to roll to the division title this year. And now you watch Love today in this Packer team. I'm sure Lions fans are going, eh. We might, like you said, we might have some competition. The Vikings, I didn't think that was a great team heading into the season. Is there drama with Jefferson? That could be a thing. And the Bears, I mean, we talked a lot about them. You're right. If the Bills win tomorrow night, go Bills. But 65%, we still need that for Rodgers. You're right. This would be a top five Packer weekend in the past decade. Fantastic. All around. I really can't argue with anything you're saying here. It's all it's all pretty spot on. Um, it is fresh and it is exciting. That's, I keep saying exciting. This youth is, it's all infectious. This I, I said it way back at the first episode I did at the start of camp. I think before camp started even. This is the most energized and excited I've been to be a fan of the Packers in a long time. Long time. You know, the, the, the dark clouds have parted. The sun is here. It's not always going to be perfect. But the energy is so infectious and fun. And it's again, it's going to be a really fun year. So imagine if that's the case. Imagine if love is good. Like a franchise guy. Like, again, I think he will be. You were talking, what, 45 years in a row of great quarterback play? That's never, it's unprecedented, unprecedented. So Gene, yeah, awesome stuff. I can't, I don't really have much to add to it. That was perfect. I'm like James Carville in old school. We have no notes. That was perfect. Um, all right. Hold on here. That, I think that just about wraps it up. I think we got, we covered all the bases here. God, I hope so. I've been answering questions for the last hour. So I hope this, this got to everything. And I hope I was able to sprinkle the inside in there and make this fun for you guys. Uh, again, we're not going to do this going forward, but it seemed like the perfect way to break down this game. I hope we captured the emotion of the thing pretty well at the moment. I think we did. We look ahead now to next week. The Packers will be back in action, back on the road, heading down to the ATL for a matchup with the Atlanta Falcons. That one is set for a noon Lambeau time kickoff next Sunday. The Falcons won their opener this Sunday, defeating the Carolina Panthers 24-10 in Hotlanta. So yeah, another road challenge for the Packers. Hopefully Jonesy is okay. Hopefully Christian Watson is available. Be nice to see his speed out there again. Bring that extra element. Hopefully we can keep this thing going. And as always, I'll be back to recap that one. Win, lose, or draw next Sunday night. So it'll be next Monday morning before you hear it. So keep your eyes and your ears open for that one. And yes, I'll keep you posted. So until next time, Whenever that may be, I am Chris Lempesis. This has been Lemp's Talking Pack. 
Thank you so very much for listening, Packer Nation. I love you, I love you, I love you. Please stay safe out there in this crazy world. And remember, always and forever, go Pack Go. And the Bears still suck. <laughs>